Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As the Bucks start another playoff series with a loss, they go down 115-104 against Miami in game one. Jimmy Butler was the difference. He had 40 points overall, 15 points in the fourth quarter, including 11 in the final five minutes, Frank, and... I reckon we should just start right here. Wesley Matthews played 23 minutes in this game. He went to the bench with 4.58 remaining in the fourth quarter and was not seen again. Jimmy Butler scored 11 of those points, as I mentioned, in that stretch. Uh, just to be clear right off the top, uh, Bud mentioned Wesley Matthews after the game. He didn't indicate that there's any injury or anything wrong with him. That was my assumption. Wesley Matthews has missed a couple of games through the seeding games and uh, to this point with soreness, he's been listed on the injury report a couple of times. It seemed unbelievable to me, inexcusable that he wouldn't be the guy that would be on Jimmy Butler down the stretch when he's playing so well. Uh, that's certainly the m- most bizarre takeaway from this. But all I can say is, uh, fingers crossed he's healthy because in the minutes that he played, he felt extremely important today. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think last series, Nikola Vucevic, Clearly outplayed Giannis in game one. Bucks lose in this game. Um, I mean, it wasn't close. Jimmy just was miles better than Giannis, who, um, you know, I mean, you just, you just look at it uh, kind of eerily similar to um, the Boston game one a year ago. Um, in that game, he was 7 out of 21, 5 out of 10 from the line. Uh, this game, 6 out of 12 from the field, 2 out of 5 from 3, but 4 out of 12 from the free throw line. He hit his first two, then hit just 2 out of 10. 10 rebounds, nine assists, um, six turnovers, minus 14. I mean, the Bucks were plus three in the 11 minutes that Giannis was on the bench tonight. Um, so I think, you know, your best player, your MVP, got outplayed by Jimmy Butler. That, that to me, is a starting point. And the fact that, you know, the only guy who really seemed to be able to physically match with, with, uh, with Jimmy, Wes Matthews, his buddy from Marquette, wasn't even on the floor there for the end. That obviously was um, not something that I think, uh, like, just seeing that Pat Connaughton played more than Wes Matthews. Tonight. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> just, it's just bizarre. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this, it was a strange game on a lot of fronts. Cause it, you know, I mean, we always sort of like kind of present Bud as like, well, he never, he doesn't adjust. He just wants to play his way. And um, tonight the Bucks did, did actually things that, you know, took them out of their element. They played much smaller, which I think is, to a large extent, they have to do. I mean, we, we kind of talked about that, you know, with Olenek and his floor spacing, um, you know, the idea of, of, you know, there's no Rolo really role in, in this series probably. Um, Brooke Lopez was great, 24 points on 10 shots. Um, Chris Milton was great in the first half. Um, but Giannis was very poor overall. Um, and, you know, he just did a terrific job not giving him anything easy. Uh, and, you know, you just... With Eric Bledsoe out, 
and George Hill was poor, I thought, especially in the first half defensively. And you just sort of look down that bench and you look at the guys playing. It's just like, oh, this isn't a very good team. <laughs> you know, I mean, Dante's a shell of himself right now. He scores one point in 14 minutes. You know, you, you take away Eric Bledsoe, obviously has had his own problems, but you take away Eric Bledsoe and you factor in that Dante has been, you know, he looked bad again. Um, you know, I mean, you look at that bench, it's like uh, Kyle Korver was way too important to that bench effort tonight. And, you know, Marvin Williams, uh, similarly, like way too important. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, this was uh, this is a game that the Bucks got just kind of outplayed. Their best player got outplayed. Uh, you know, their bench got outplayed. Um, and I think, you know, uh, you just look at, um, you know, kind of the the nature of what happened. There was just a lot of a lot of things we saw today, I think, sort of play into the narrative of why, you know, the, the, the Heat were a pretty popular upset pick. And I think obviously that's got to be a big concern for the Bucks because, you know, seven game series, you, you can only take so many mulligans. And tonight, um, you know, the Bucks led for a large portion of this game and Miami did not outshoot them from three. You know, we thought that would be the, the other big theme that would, you know, the Heat win. And tonight that didn't happen. So um, definitely the Milwaukee Bucks are absolutely in the danger zone right now. And um, they're going to need a number of guys to step up that, uh, you know, obviously tonight we didn't see it. And that begins with the honest to me. They are in the danger zone, but I'm not ready to completely get uh, into panic mode just yet. There was a number of uh, stats that stand out for me. And I know they're the very obvious ones that certainly people were pointing out throughout the game. You mentioned a couple of them already, but to be minus 18 in points in the paint, Minus 18 in points off turnovers and the free throws, as you pointed to, clearly most of this is, if not all of it, is directed towards Giannis. But similar free throw attempt differential. Uh, the Bucks were, in fact, at the free throw line, uh, I think they were minus one, if I can get my box score in the, in the right position here. But 27 to 26 free throw attempts for each team. The Bucks go 53% and the Heat go 93%. So clearly... I think that the things you have to look at if you are Milwaukee, well, how do you tighten this up? We spoke, spent a lot of time talking about the three-point shooting. I think from the outside, this was going to be a factor. And I kept on saying that, yes, the three-point line is something you want to defend, but be very wary of letting this team, A, get to the free-throw line, and B, score in the paint. And they certainly did that. The Bucks only gave up 27 a game to Orlando. This is a team that's going to try and get in there, particularly with a guy like Goran Dragic and Jimmy Butler. Uh, they are going to attack and they're going to be physical. And, and I think that the Bucks did such a great job of defending the three-point line that at times they left the, they left spaces that aren't normally there. They left cr- cracks that Goran Dragic can work into and get a, a dump-off pass to Bam Adebayo. And these players here, I thought that by scrambling so hard on the three-point line, you kind of see why the Bucks are so hesitant to do that in other matchups, in other games, because it does leave them exposed the Bucks can handle the heat shooting well from three. We've seen that. The game they won in the bubble previously, Miami shot 45% from three. And even tonight, uh, you know, they, they shoot a decent clip, 38%, even though the attempts were down at only 31. So I, I'm thinking that the automatic adjustment that you're going to see in this next game, the Bucks are going to lock down the paint and they're going to get back down to their identity as a defensive team because I think in this game, they were more wary of the three-point line than we've seen in the past. Watching some of those defensive possessions, it was, it was beautiful to watch. The way they were hustling, the way they were chasing the guys as Miami just repeatedly tried to get off dribble handoffs for guys like Robertson, Hero, these players on the outside. 
But I think in doing that, the Bucks gave up a little more than they would have liked in other areas. All right, Frank, well, we spoke about Miami's ability to drive in game one. But what about the listeners' ability to drive? I know if you're having any issues with your car, there's only one place you should go to, and that, of course, is rockauto.com. It is the family business that's been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box. That's locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box and they'll know you came from us. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Yeah, I mean, 42 to 24 points in the paint for Miami tonight. Um, so minus 18. I mentioned that Celtics game a year ago. They were minus 12 in that game. Um, and so that double whammy of, you know, not only did they take away Giannis and the points in the paint that he generates, but they actually, you know, did well above what Bucks opponents do. And I think a lot of it is because of how they stretched the Bucks out. They moved, you know, the motion that they use kind of back cutting, screening, and just having guys kind of just constantly running around um, creates a lot of chaos. And I think, you know, the, I think if you look at like the micro, some of the micro adjustments that we saw, like going to a three big rotation, um, you know, taking obviously Rolos out of the equation, they, they didn't play Urson tonight at all. So it was really just, you know, Brooke, Giannis and uh, Marvin Williams. Um, you know, I support that. Right. But then at times you kind of just look at kind of what they were doing. They, you know, at times they sort of, we saw some switching, um, but it felt like they don't normally play this way. And so trying to then like make that adjustment in the playoffs, you know, I, again, I think it's not like in this game, I don't think the, the, the bud critique is so much, well, you just did what you always do and you didn't, you, you know, you didn't adjust. The problem is you, you kind of made some adjustments, but you were doing things that you haven't practiced at all. And it kind of looked like it at times, you know, I mean, there was like that, that one Jimmy play where Middleton was defending him and the screen comes and, Chris is expecting a switch and then Dante just kind of has a weak show. And then, you know, literally Jimmy just drives uh, unmolested to the basket for a dunk. Um, just a little stuff like that. Uh, you know, the bucks are a system defense. And I think we can, you can kind of see at moments in games like tonight, um, you know, they, they also can be kind of you know, vulnerable then when they try to do anything else. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, obviously the pressure that the, he put on you in terms of um, the three point shooting is, is obviously a big issue. And I thought the thing that I, I, that shocked me the most was, you know, Goran Dragic was great tonight. I mean, Jimmy will get the, the headlines, but you know, it was really two guys that played well for them offensively. Right. I mean, you kind of go up and down the box score. Um, I think, uh, let's see only, well, three guys technically shot better than 50%. Olenek was one for one. So, you know, not, not necessarily a one to write home, but Dragic was nine out of 15 for 27 points and Butler 13 out of 20 for 40 points. And I was shocked at George Hill, like could not get over screens in the first half. I think he had some really good defensive moments in the second half, but I was really surprised. Like he, like Dragic was like, he, he didn't, he was nowhere to be found. Like Dragic was, was getting by him and Dragic is a really, really savvy pick and roll guy and finisher. And I thought, 
I don't know. I thought George Hill was, you know, I mean, he's stepping in for Bledsoe. And so immediately you're thinning out your, your depth because of that. And um, to, to see Hill, I don't know. I was just kind of surprised um, at, at what we saw from Hill. He had four turnovers, four assists, did hit one three, but um, you know, 36 minutes, I, I was pretty disappointed with George Hill's performance tonight. And, you know, again, I mean, maybe it's just the starting point guard position for the Milwaukee Bucks. Like you just disappoint when you're the starting point guard for the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs. And, you know, Eric Bledsoe passed that on to, to George Hill or something. Cause I was very underwhelmed with George Hill, especially that first half tonight. And I thought, you know, Dragic really kept them in the game. Um, for, you know, I thought he had a, he had a huge first half in particular first quarter uh, when the Bucks, I mean, they go up 11 after the first quarter, but, uh, really on the strength of their shooting, but I thought defensively they, you know, they left stuff on the table, with especially how they were defending Dragic. And again, I mean, he's really good, but um, on the flip side, I, I, I don't know. It, yeah, I mean, like you were kind of getting at this, there really wasn't sort of the Bucks. We didn't see a lot of comfort from the Bucks. I think you know, I think the pressure that the Heat put on them with their movement and the way that they were kind of running offense, it it left cracks as as you were alluding to, and and obviously that's that's a concern because you know. 12 out of 31. I think we'd, we'd happily take that from three every game from the, mm-hmm. from the heat, but um, you know, true shooting percentage of 60%, certainly making their free throws is part of that. Um, two point percentage, 51%. I mean, they weren't great in that. I mean, the Bucks shot better on twos than, than the heat did actually, which surprised me a little bit. Um, but you know, it's, it was just uh, the turnovers. I think the other big thing we probably need to talk about again, that rearing its ugly head, and, you know, that really kept Miami in it and, and let them really come back in that second quarter. I think in particular, they had a slew of turnovers and just, just the same shit we've been seeing from the Bucks for the last month. You know, it's just carelessness. Um, guys who can't handle the ball well, getting into trouble. You know, guy like pick Pat Connaughton trying to run a pick and roll and air mailing a pass, you know, cross court by 15 feet. You know, just stuff like that. Um, guys limitations is really kind of showing up and, and just looking too obviously. And I mean, give the heat credit. I think they compressed the floor and just, you know, made everything harder for the bucks. So they, they did a ton of credit, but um, unfortunately we've been seeing that, that trait from the bucks, you know, against everybody um, in, in seemingly in the, uh, in the bubble, the, the turnover stuff. And so that obviously, you know, really cost the bucks, I think, um, you know, at the, at the end of the day. And, and obviously you mentioned the free throws, right. I mean, minus 11 when you're basically even on attempts, I mean, that's, that's just leaving a lot of points, free free stuff at the line. And Giannis, you know, four out of 12, obviously, it starts with him. Yeah, so as far as Goran Dragic goes, I mean, he was able to, in those pick-and-roll situations, get downhill at will and get downhill in space. And when you talk about uh, George Hill getting over the screens, it was funny, we were just sort of DMing in, in uh, the Twitter group that we have, Frank, and you sort of said, well, he should get over the screens. And, and myself and Eric both sort of said, ah, I'm not sure whether, you know, getting over the screens – you know, if George Hill getting over the screen, how that's going to affect Goran Dragic, he does work really comfortably in that mid-range. I did think that, as I sort of pointed to, there was a lot of space for him to operate, though. And he's a guy that will be happy to go to the basket and dump it off. He'll be happy to shoot that floater. He'll also be happy to pull up for that mid-range uh, jumper. So he's a difficult cover. I think, again, though, it just highlights to you that Eric Bledsoe clearly, for what has happened in the postseason, has become a much maligned player, uh, not just with Bucks fans, but around the NBA because that's what people focus in on. But again, it just goes to show you that regardless of what's happening offensively, defensively, 
the skill set that he has, how unique that is, because you think about Eric Bledsoe in that situation, if he is able to fight over those screens, he does such a good job of putting the guard under pressure from the side or from behind defensively. So I, I don't know what the, the verdict is going to be with Eric Bledsoe moving forward. I have to say that there has to be some concern. I mean, if he felt uh, some hamstring uh, awareness is the word they use, but hamstring strain was the words that have been used on the injury report. The Bud didn't say that he is going to miss more games. He didn't comment on it, but there has to be concern that Bledsoe might not be a part of this series. I mean, that's just the reality. You're going to have to accept that that is a, is a potential solution. Now, he could come out and play in game two. We certainly hope so. But the Bucks are going to have to figure something out with the coverage of Goran Dragic because not only has he always been a good player, but in the bubble, uh, he's been on absolute fire. As far as defending Giannis, we need to talk about this a little bit. You did point to the fact that he had a slow game one against Orlando. He had a slow game one against Boston last year. And after the game, he was pretty relaxed. He said, listen, we've been here before. It's, it's about adjusting. It's about learning. It's about figuring out what we're seeing out there. And I will say with Giannis, this is what makes him such a tough cover in a, in a playoff series outside of what you get if you beat the team once in the regular season. If this is the regular season, Miami walk away, they did a great job. Now they have to figure out, well, how do we do this in seven games? And that's the challenge. They were so impressive with their transition defense, though, for mine. Uh, they, they were so committed to any time the Bucks had the ball, and we don't always see this, where three guys would literally just sprint at Giannis and force him to stop. And you don't often see that kind of discipline from this team. They obviously got a bunch of unique defenders that uh, will be physical. The fact that Giannis got in early foul trouble, again, with a very soft, a ridiculous offensive foul call that he just continually gets called for. It's unbelievable uh, that he does, but he does. And that's the reality. He got in early foul trouble. He spoke about being aggressive after the game. I do think that against this team, if Giannis gets in early foul trouble, he is going to be hesitant because he knows that they're going to be calling the offensive fouls on him. And that seemed to be the problem for me. He stopped trying to attack that wall. He stopped trying to find the gaps. And sometimes it can be him forcing it. And sometimes it doesn't work out and he can turn the ball over. He did turn it over six times tonight. But getting in early foul trouble is just brutal for him because it, it seems to, at times, uh, take him out of the game. And, and this team was so disciplined. And, and I think that early foul trouble set the tone. Yeah, I mean, you know, he had three fouls midway through the second quarter and then actually didn't pick up another foul the rest of the game. Um, so it, it felt like in that third quarter he had a three and then he got a, a pick and roll with Hill, um, who, by the way, I think that's another issue with starting Hill. Hill just does not have the kind of pick and roll uh, rapport with Giannis that I think Bledsoe does. Um, so, uh, you know, but, but I think he was five out of six from the field for 14 points early in the third quarter. And you felt like, okay, you know, maybe he's going to start going. And then from there on out, he was one out of six, um, missed a bunch more free throws, and, um, you know, obviously ends up with 18 points. I mean, it's just not good enough, right? I think the whole, the whole idea of the Bucks winning this series is, you know, begins with Giannis being the best player in this series. And obviously when he doesn't impact the game on both ends the way that, you know, he's capable of, then, then obviously it's, it's going to be a big concern. And I think he just deserve a ton of credit. I mean – you know, like, I don't know. It's sort of like people want to dream up there's some, there's some like magic potion to getting Giannis going. I mean, there's only so many ways you use him, right? I mean, you put him in 
inverted pick and rolls where he's the ball handler. The Heat did a great job kind of sniffing those out tonight. Really didn't get anything going with those. Uh, you put him in pick and roll. I thought they jammed up the middle of the court really well. Uh, you know, you give him some post-ups, you give him some ISOs. But, you know, again, um, so much of obviously what he does is transition, as you were pointing to. And, um, yeah, Miami just did a great job. And so, um, you know, again, and then a lot of it just comes down to, all right, he's going to be in one-on-ones or post-ups with Bam or Crowder or, or Andrea Godala. And, um, you know, those guys all hold their own. There's no, like, really weak link there. And then when you put two of them, three of them on a string, you know, showing them all these bodies, it gets really hard. So, um, you know, I expect Giannis will be much better the rest of the series, but uh, it's, it's definitely, a, a, you know, it's, it's a scary place to be if you're the Bucs. So, I mean, at least, at least they're used to it, unfortunately, being down a game. But, um, you know, they're going to need, obviously, a lot more from, from Giannis, and, and that's where it's got to start. Um, so uh, we'll see for game two. I mean, Giannis is, we talk about it, the great players adjust, and Giannis is obviously no different. He's been doing it his entire career. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of what he does, um, you know, to try to get out of that funk. As far as substitution patterns go and rotation go, I know you've spoke about the depth a little bit here already. Giannis ends up playing over 36 minutes. He only played 14 in the first half. So he played nearly 22 out of the 24 minutes in the second half. Again, he really, he was used sporadically through the second quarter, through that, uh, that, that stretch where he picked up his second foul with 3.31 to go in the first quarter. And then they just sort of managed him and got him through to half time. Uh, and as you sort of pointed to, as I, I sort of said, the early foul trouble, I thought affected him and certainly kept him on the bench. But that wasn't exactly the stretch where the Bucks struggled. So you can't say foul trouble hurt the team on this yeah. day. It was more the turnovers through the second quarter that just allowed the heat to just hang around. But as far as uh, outside of Giannis minutes-wise, Chris played 37-plus, and, and Bud really lent heavily on him when Giannis was on the bench. Uh, Brooke Lopez picked up his fourth foul very early in the third quarter, so he was sort of taken out of the lineup a little bit there, although you already spoke to the fact that uh, the Heat were playing small as well. It's interesting to see how that balances out. But what else can can Bud actually do? I mean, Wesley Matthews stands out. We already spoke about that. I just cross my fingers that he's not injured because without Bledsoe, if Wesley Matthews is having some sort of issue and that was the reason why he only played 23 minutes, then uh, that's not good news for the Bucks. That's going to be a really bad sign. But but what else can he do? I mean, the, the obvious one that stands out is Pat Connaughton and played 25 minutes. But uh, as you sort of said, the Bucks are just looking kind of thin right now. Yeah, I mean they 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 need Bledsoe back. I mean that's that's for sure. They they obviously can't afford to lose any more depth in the backcourt. I mean, you know Dante playing 14 minutes, one point. Um, you know, again, well, he's like, been really disappointing. I mean, when he's, we, he's they, really disappointing, when yeah. we spoke about it coming into the postseason, and, and you talk about guys that have been really negatively affected by the season shutdown. When the season stopped, I mean, he was just getting better and better. He's confident. He was scoring at the rim. He was shooting the threes. He's just been a complete non-factor. And even defensively, he, he hasn't had the same impact he had beforehand. This, this shutdown, has, uh, he's been different since the comeback. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you mentioned the minutes. I mean, I mean, look, as you said, the Bucks were minus 14 with Giannis on the court and plus three with him on the bench in 11 minutes. So... Um, you know, again, uh, if you tell me in general, do I feel better riding Giannis or riding the next guy? I'm going to feel better riding Giannis, even if he's tired. 
Um, but I think as we're doing kind of the post-mortem, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like we can't look at, oh man, they got crushed when they, then when Giannis rested and that's why they lost. I mean, that's not why they lost, right? <laughs> like they, they, if you win the minutes when Giannis is on the bench, you should win the game, you know, point blank, because Giannis has to be good enough that he's going to win the minutes when he's on the court, right? So, um, so yeah, I mean, the minute load, actually, I, I, I was, I mean, that's to me, one of the few encouraging things here is from this game is that, you know, again, Bud really cut down on the, the big rotation. Um, that also led to Middleton playing, you know, more as a four at times. Um, you know, I, I still feel like I would probably, um, you know, Bam played 38 minutes. He played the most of any, anybody in the game. Butler played 36, right? So, I mean, Giannis played more minutes than Jimmy Butler tonight. So it's not like, you know, Spo was giving those guys 43 minutes and, and, you know, Bud didn't ride his guys as hard. Um, but I, I do kind of feel like, you know, I mean, on a night like this where Brooke plays as well as he did, you know, I, I still feel like I'd rather, um, I'd rather uh, match. And again, I don't think you're going to play Brooke 38 minutes, but I would want to match Bam's minutes with Brooks more evenly just because, Obviously, the more Brook is in the game, the better you're going to be able to defend the rim. Um, and that was obviously a, a weakness tonight. And, you know, there were felt like there were a lot of minutes where I saw Marvin Williams sagging into the paint trying to play the Brook Lopez role <laughs> and <laughs> did not work out so well. Uh, God bless Marvin. And Marvin was only a minus one in 21 minutes. So it's not like they got killed in, in Marvin's minutes. But um, I, I don't think that's a recipe. You know, playing drop coverage with Marvin Williams, I just don't think is a recipe for success. I think if Marvin's out there, I would just switch him. You know, I, I don't, I, I question that, that kind of approach to use with him. Also, you know, Giannis was there for a lot of those minutes. So the fact that you're using Giannis to defend a guy in the perimeter, instead of um, having him be the zone drop guy, obviously that's also kind of a concern. Although part of that's also just, you know, intentional. I'm sure they, you know, would rather uh, put yet put Marvin into a pick and roll than, than Giannis, but either way. Um, yeah. I mean, there's definitely some, some stuff there. Um, and then, uh, you know, as you said, obviously Wes not playing, not defending Jimmy was, was kind of the obvious thing. I mean, you know, it's ironic, right? Duncan Robinson, four points in 26 minutes, Kelly Olenek, four points in eight minutes, right? Two the two guys that in a lot of ways kind of frightened me the most just because of their ability to stretch the floor. Um, and those guys didn't do anything tonight. As you said, I think, you know, maybe they over pivoted and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> taking those guys away. And, you know, especially Jimmy, he really did a great job. They really did a nice job finding him around the basket. If there were switches, you know, using him as, as, you know, in his size advantage at times. And it just felt like he was, you know, he was really able to bully, um, you know, even Chris at times he was able to bully. Uh, and certainly, you know, when it wasn't Wes, everybody else, uh, you know, just seemed to have problems with his physicality. And, and we see he deserves a ton of credit for that. He made both of his threes too. So, um, yeah, Jimmy was, was great tonight and, uh, certainly the way he closed the game, obviously, um, you know, you, to some extent you just tip your cap and just say, you know, that guy was the best player on the floor, you know, and his team won. That's, that's just how, that's just how this game went. Obviously the Bucks are going <laughs> to, Bucks are going to need Giannis to, to turn that around and, uh, and, and for him to, to step up and, and live up to who he is in, in the rest of the series. No question about that. The Bucks will have a day off tomorrow. They'll be able to practice and then get back into it on Wednesday. That's going to be the same tip-off time. So it's going to be 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central again uh, for Game 2. They've just actually released the time. So Game 3 will also be 
a 5.30 central tip. And then they're back to the old day games for game four. I know we all missed that 2.30 p.m. Uh, tip. I believe that will end up being... Maybe on. the Bucks can only play day games now or something like that. <laughs> I, I don't know. That yeah. one's on Sunday. So hopefully the Bucks are maybe playing for a lead in the series by that point. But I think it's pretty simple, Frank. And I said, I'm not ready to panic just yet. I didn't see enough today to just to look at this series and say the Bucks can't win it. So I should be really worried about uh, this series. I still think the Bucks are going to be fine. Uh, do they want to win game two? Absolutely. But I, I think it's really simple. I, I think they were a little bit over aggressive on the three point defense, which is kind of funny to say after all we've spoke about, but I thought they were, I think that they, they will go back to uh, making sure they lock down the paint. I, I think more than anything, you're just praying for good health. That's what you're thinking about with this team with Bledsoe, obviously number one, Wesley Matthews, obviously number two, because the reality is uh, coming into the second round playoff series and beyond Good health is a, as important as anything. And then the third thing would be Giannis. I mean, come on. Uh, we, we can speak about adjustments all day long, but I think you hit the nail on the head, whereas oh, he's just got to be better. He's got to figure it out. He has to take more than 12 shots. He has to score more than 18 points. Uh, I don't think anyone would, would tip the Bucks to win this series if Giannis goes through averaging 18 points. And sometimes it's just as simple as that, but uh, he's got a fair old track record that I feel we should uh, have a bit of faith in that guy. Yeah, one one other area that that really was, you know, we talk about the the paint the paint differential and and how that was completely flipped from what we're used to. The other obvious area was rebounding. Um, Second Miami, chance points hurt. Yeah, yeah. Miami grabbed thirty one percent of their offensive rebounds. You know, typically the Bucks, um, you know, are are limiting that to like twenty percent or less. Bam had six offensive rebounds, twelve total um, for Miami, and it just felt like you know there, there was that that uh, especially we saw it a couple of times late. Um, you know, the, just those kind of hustle type plays. And obviously part of that is just you play smaller, you're not going to rebound as well. And um, obviously that was, that was certainly an issue for the Bucks, um, just being able to get, get defensive rebounds, which, you know, they were the best team in the league at throughout the, the regular season. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny to think, you know, the Bucks got away from who they are because um, we always sort of chide them for like, oh, you got to be more flexible and try different things. Um, but, you know, how well can they even do that at this point? You know, their identity is so set. How much can they even, you know, stray from what they are? Um, you know, I think they they have to find kind of that happy medium, um, you know, and, and figure out kind of how to get there. Because right now, obviously, um, you know, game one, game one didn't go their way. And, um, you know, I think we talked about was it, how was it going to be, a, a, you know, from an advantage perspective, Bucks with only a day off versus Miami with a week off basically between games. Um, you know, certainly felt like Miami's preparation was just, you know, better, better used than the Bucks 24 hours or whatever. And again, not that the Bucks didn't know who they were going to play, you know, in, in the second round. So it's not like they, you know, could had no idea that they, they were going to play the heat until two days ago, but, um, but it certainly felt like, you know, one of these teams was better prepared than the others. And, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks, um, approach felt kind of slapdash at times. And, um, you know, but we'll see. I mean, again, part of that's just Bucks really not practicing some of the things that they were doing out there, right? Um, I also don't think we were expecting to see first quarter Frank Mason minutes. Um, <laughs> I still don't really understand why Frank Mason played two minutes in the first quarter and then didn't play at all. But um, he was the only Buck with a positive uh, plus minus. So hey, game ball to Frank Mason, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I did laugh at that when I saw that. 
Uh, it was kind of strange. He was actually at the scorer's table in the third quarter as well, and then he never ended up uh, checking into the game. Uh, but uh, the Bucks in game one, uh, this is a, a history. We, we, know, we know this team under Bud. They don't perform in game one. So Detroit doesn't count. They weren't a playoff team. Uh, but the Bucks lose game one to the Celtics. Uh, they were very, very ordinary in game one against Toronto and took until the final three minutes of that game uh, to get in front and scrape home in that game. Obviously, they lost to Orlando. Now they've lost to Miami. But recent history tells us that they bounced back well in game two and they play well in game two. Maybe Giannis is one of these guys that needs to get a little bit of a cider. I'll never forget that he said after the Celtics series that after game one, he sort of looked at Al Horford and said, and the Celtics defense and said, oh, this is how you're going to defend me? Okay, fair enough then. I figured it out. And then he realized by game two and game three that they were really tired and they were worn out. And he was able to outrun them and, and dunk on them for the final four games. So that's what we hope for uh, with the Bucks in game two. They need to respond, as I said. That'll be Wednesday, 5.30 Central Time. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, though. We can talk through game two a little bit and all the reaction from practice. We'll have more of an update on the health of the players. So make sure you check back in with the podcast tomorrow. But for now, uh, for Frank and myself, we'll dust ourselves off and move on from this one. And hopefully uh, the Bucks will respond in game two. Stay safe out there. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.